Well, greetings once again, and it's hard to believe the conference is almost over, but I'm excited what God's been doing in my heart as I've been preparing for the messages and just uh, thinking about missions and praying myself what God would have me to do, and uh, it's just been good to spend that time with the Lord and, and studying and missions and just having a fresh view or a fresh look at missions once again and uh, allowing God to ignite that fire in my heart, a desire to do greater things still. And uh, we thank the Lord for what He is doing. And I want to thank you once again, Grace Baptist Church and Pastor White, for the opportunity. And I've just been praying much that God will use these messages to speak to our hearts and that God would accomplish His perfect will. And uh, it is His work and all He requires of, uh, of us is to simply yield ourselves to Him. He wants to use us and uh, be honored and glorified in and through our lives. And He can't do that unless we yield ourselves and submit ourselves to Him. And so thank you once again for this time. And I want to uh, look at a very important part. I mean, all of the uh, lessons we've looked at from the Scriptures are an important part of missions. But perhaps none as important as the topic that I want to talk, on, talk about today. And that is giving yourself to prayer. Giving yourself to prayer and missions is so important and something that... We, uh, we might not always see uh, the instant fruit of our prayers. We might not see uh, the actions of our prayer instantly. But I think this is the most important part. And one missionary said uh, to me years ago, he said, the most important thing that a missionary needs on the field is to have his prayers answered. And I believe that's so true. And um, if we can get in touch with God and God hears and answers our prayers, that means we're in tune with God, and if we're in tune with God, God's answering our prayer. We're praying in the will of God, and God can do great and mighty things. As Jeremiah 33 3 says, Call unto me, and I will answer thee, and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. And so, uh, it's exciting that we have that avenue of prayer. And I know this is an area that many, many Christians struggle in. Uh, many Christians struggle in the fact of even unbelief. They many times uh, think that their prayers won't be answered. You know, James says, if any man comes to him or comes to the Lord in prayer, doubting, you know, he says, don't think that that man is going to receive anything of the Lord. And as uh, Hebrews tells us that uh, uh, he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. And you know what? If you're lacking in faith, you can go to God and pray and say, God, increase my faith and, and uh, God will work on your heart. And he wants to do that. He desires that. And we have that story of a man with his uh, son who was possessed uh, with the devil. And, uh, you know, Jesus Christ heals him and he asks him, you know, do you believe I can do this? And he said, the father crying, he says, I believe but help thou mine unbelief. You know, there's a part in us oftentimes that just doesn't want to believe and it's a battle. And But don't quit at that. Be faithful in praying and watch God break through and uh, spend time in God's Word. Spend time in biographies, reading of answered prayer. Uh, George Mueller's just a good biography to read and to see the answers of his prayer. Read some of these missionaries uh, who have been on the field and have seen answers to prayer. David Livingston, uh, Taylor Hudson, and Darlene Rose. We have so many that we can read about their lives and see how God answered specific prayers in their life. 
And I trust that you have a prayer life as well. I, I trust that you're praying every day for specific needs that you have, perhaps specific people and things that, uh, that pertain to your life and that you're seeing God answer, answering your prayers. And uh, perhaps some that have not been answered, but you're not getting weary and well-doing. You're keeping on praying and seeking God to do great and mighty things. Amen. And so many times when we go to pray, we, when we pray, it's not to change God's mind. Uh, God's will is perfect. The, uh, one of the main reasons that we pray is that God uses that time to change our thinking, to work in our hearts so that we can pray in the will of God. See, when we pray, with, uh, when we spend time in prayer, we're spending time with God. And uh, if we're submissive and yielded to Him, God will speak to our hearts and God will do that transformation in our minds and our, in our hearts so that when we pray that He has then instilled His will in our lives and we pray uh, God's will. We pray for His will, not ours. And so uh, many times, or in fact, most of the time when we pray, it is God that is doing a work in us first before He does and answers our prayers. And so God wants to bring us in union, in fellowship with Him, that we might have the same mind, the mind of Christ. And so uh, maybe you're praying for something, you've been praying for years for someone or something, and God has an answer to this point. Just be patient and maybe ask God, God, what it is it that you're trying to do in my life? Uh, maybe you're overlooking some things, but I don't know what it is, but just keep praying and keep trusting the Lord, because God is faithful, amen, and as we'll see in the uh, lesson today. And so, uh, be, be praying, and when we think of missions, you know, God's called us to do, to do a work that is impossible for man to do. And uh, there's no way that man can accomplish the uh, Great Commission uh, apart from the power of God, apart from being uh, filled with His power, His presence, and so that's why it's so important that we pray because God's called us to do something great and mighty and He's going to enable us and empower us. And if we're not praying, we're not experiencing the power of God. And therefore, if we don't have the power of God and the presence of God in our life, what are we doing? Uh, we need God, amen. We need Him to be active. We need Him uh, present in our lives that we acknowledge Him in everything that we do. And so with that... Uh, let's go to Luke chapter 18, Luke chapter number 18, and we'll read the first eight verses, and this is Jesus teaching on prayer. Now, of course, Jesus is the uh, ultimate example of prayer. He was a praying man, and He taught His disciples how to pray. And Jesus Christ always had His, uh, had his prayers answered. When He prayed to the Father, He had His prayers answered. He always prayed in the perfect will of God, always asking those things that would please the Father. And so many times when we go to God in prayer, uh, often we might pray for things that God doesn't want us to have, that we may consume it upon our lust. Uh, praying is asking, and praying in the will of God is asking God that He would help us to understand what His will is for our life. And so when we pray in God's will, uh, he answers our prayers. And then also understand this, it's not always our timing. And uh, this is where a lot of Christians get frustrated. They give up and they perhaps give up on prayer altogether and say, well, I've tried praying and God just doesn't answer my prayer. And uh, we might have a, a deadline that we give to God and say, God, you've got to answer this prayer in such and such a date. And I know sometimes there are prayers that we need at a certain time uh, that, are, that are time sensitive, but God can still work past all of that. And God is great. He'll show us great and mighty things. But the key is to trusting God 
and knowing when we pray in the will of God that God will come through as He has promised. Amen. And so Jesus Christ here is teaching again the importance of prayer and, and uh, the persistence in prayer and giving ourselves to pray. Verse number 1 it says, And He spake, this is Jesus Christ, uh, talking about Jesus Christ, And He spake a parable unto them to this end, that men ought always to pray and not to faint. That word faint means to get weary or to quit. God wants us to be in a to have a life of prayer. Not just simply a prayer time, but to have a life of prayer, a constant praying. That doesn't mean we walk around with our eyes closed and hands folded, or however you pray, 24 hours a day. No, that means that uh, you're abiding in Him. You're in the presence of God. God's in your presence. And you, you're in that spirit of prayer that you're instantly, you can just uh, uh, utter a prayer up to God and you're in fellowship with Him. And that's what God wants us to do and to know that that relationship is possible. So He says that we ought to always to pray pray and not to faint, saying, and here's the parable that he gives, gives, there was a, in a city a judge which feared not God, neither regarded man. And there was a widow in that city, and she came unto him, saying, Avenge me of mine adversary. And he would not for a while, but after he said within himself, Though I fear not God, nor regard man, yet because, of this, because this woman troubleth me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming uh, she weary me. Verse number 6, And the Lord said, Hear what that unjust judge said. And shall not God avenge His own elect, uh, elect, which cry day and night unto Him, though He bear long with them? I tell you that He will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man cometh, shall He find faith on the earth. And so here we have a great example of what it means to continue in prayer and, and being consistent in prayer. Now, prayer is an evidence or prayer is a sign of trust that we uh, or a sign of faith, if you please. It shows to God that we have trust in Him, that we have faith in, in, in our God and that God is going to answer us. Now, we know a man by the name of George Mueller and it says that he had some 50,000 prayers that were answered in his lifetime and he wrote down some or most of his prayers that were answered, if not all of them, and he kept the journal. He kept the log of all the prayers that God had answered in his life. And we see and we read about a man like George Mueller and we say, ah, oh, that must be, uh, God must have had respect or God must have favored that man. And no, uh, here this verse of scripture is for all believers that we come to God in prayer and we pray. And we pray, seeing what the greatest problem is in North America especially, uh, we've been convinced perhaps by our enemy or perhaps by our prosperity in our country that we don't need to pray for our needs. You know, we have the government to fall back on, we have our finances, we have credit card, and we have all these things, these safeguards, so to speak, in our lives, and that we really don't need to pray because our needs will get met regardless because of the prosperity that we're enjoying in our country. And that's just a lack of faith and it brings dishonor to God. God gives us everything that we have. All the good gifts and perfect gifts comes down from the Father of Lights. And so we need to acknowledge that the blessings that we are enjoying, they are from God. And we go to Him and pray and we pray and we thank Him. We, we pray for our daily bread and we thank God for that. We acknowledge where our, our, our needs come from. He meets our need. As the psalmist says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Meaning that He's not going to have need of anything when He 
puts God first. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. When God gives us the rain, when God gives us the sunshine, when God gives us the clothes on our back, and the gas in our tank, and the food on our tables, and even though we don't thank Him or acknowledge Him for those things, understand, it is still God that gives us those things, and we need to repent of that and acknowledge the fact that God is gracious and God has provided our needs and we need not neglect the goodness of God that He gives bestows upon us. Daily He loadeth us with benefits. And so let's not be an ungrateful people. The Bible says in the last times, in the last days, there shall be people that are unthankful. May we not be uh, lumped in with those people that we might be grateful and thankful and always acknowledging the fact that God is meeting our needs. Amen. He is gracious. He allows the sun to come on the unjust and the unjust. He allows the rain to fall on the good and on the evil. It's because of God's mercy and because of His grace. And we as Christians especially need to acknowledge Him in prayer and thanking Him for it. At the same time, asking Him to meet our daily needs. And God is gracious and faithful. And so when we think about praying, praying is so important that we learn and understand that we as Christians, we need to have a life of prayer. As he says here, men ought always to pray. And as I said before, in our rich country, um, we have at times been, perhaps we, all of us have been uh, guilty of this, that we don't pray the way we ought to. I remember years ago, we had some uh, men that came through our church and they were from uh, a country in Africa. And I can't remember which country it was. This is years ago. And they had uh, come to Canada and uh, wanted to see what Canada was all about. And uh, I didn't, we, they were just here one evening. And uh, I remember after the service, I met and, and sat down, had some fellowship with him and, and uh, just asked where they were from, what they were doing. He said, well, we had an opportunity to come to Canada and we wanted to visit the churches in Canada. And, uh, you know, I wanted to know, so what do you think of the churches in Canada? Kind of, you know, let me hear your good report. What have you seen in Canada? You know, brag on us a little bit. And uh, as I asked him what his opinion was, he kind of... Uh, uh, the two of them, they just sat there and, and uh, one of them just kind of hung his head down and uh, didn't want to give me an answer. And I felt a little bit awkward and didn't know what was going on or what he was thinking. So I asked him again, you know, uh, what's your <laughs> now I'm feeling a little awkward. Well, what do you think? And he just kind of looks at me and he said, one thing we've learned is that Christians in Canada don't depend on God for their needs. And I think that was a quick judgment to make on us. You don't even know us. You don't know where we are. But he gave the illustration. He said, we've realized that a lot of these Christians uh, in Canada, they, are, they, they, they do not see their need, their dependence upon God because of the prosperity. Now, I thank God for how he's blessed our country, but I don't want these blessings to take my eyes and my dependence off of God. And every single one of us, we need to be careful of this, that we don't forget God. That was one of the dangers of the nation of Israel when God led them through the wilderness. And of course, when they were in the wilderness, they rebelled, of course, many times to God. But when they came in great need, they looked up to God and they started crying out to God that God would meet their needs. And, you know, you read the story of where they would believe and then they wouldn't believe and they believed and they didn't believe and constantly but then finally God brought them to the land of Canaan and he warned them before they went into the land he said now this is going to be a great land this is the land that I've promised you a land flowing with milk and honey this is what I have promised you because of my goodness to you not that you have earned this or deserved this because how they provoked the Lord in the wilderness but anyway now came the time that they could go into the into the land of promise
promise. But he said, before you go in, he said, understand one thing. When you go in here, be careful that you don't forget about your God. Don't forget who gave this land to you. Don't forget who prospered you in this land. Who made, the, who made it possible for you to have the abundance of the life that you're going to enjoy in the land of Canaan. And what happened after a number of years as the Israelites were in Canaan, they forgot about God. They worshipped other gods and they provoked the God of heaven to, to anger once again. They provoked Him. And, and uh, we as Christians, we need to be careful. Uh, we don't forget about our God. And prayer is a sign of faith. And so if you're a praying individual, God is pleased with that. If you're depending upon Him, uh, God is honored by that. It shows that you're trusting in Him. You're relying on Him. You're acknowledging Him. You're worshiping Him. You're honoring Him and giving Him praise for what He has done in your life. And so let's be a people of prayer. But turning us over to missions in the area of missions, how do we, uh, how do we pray in the area of missions? Well, missions is an important work of the ministry and we need the power and the wisdom of God to accomplish what God wants to do through missions. So Jesus, of course, is our, uh, is our example. He was a man of prayer. So when we look at Jesus Christ, uh, we see that He was a, a man who prayed to His Heavenly Father. And we as well, we need to pray. Mark chapter 1, verse 35, it says, And in the morning, this is talking about Jesus Christ, He says, And in the morning, rising up a great while before day, He went out and departed unto a solitary place, and there prayed. Jesus Christ, the God man. He took time to pray. He took time to spend time with God. And as missionaries, as Christians, uh, we need to take time out of our day. Every single day we need to depend upon God and find that solitary place in, in, that, in our prayer closet and spend some time with Him. Oh, we have such great need. We're living in a world that is uh, lost and dying. We're living in a world that is getting worse and worse. We have a great need of God to intervene not only in our lives but in our family, in our children, in our churches, and in our missionaries. Oh, we think of our missionaries who are, uh, some missionaries are growing to hard, hard uh, fields. I think of some of the missionaries that are represented here at this missions conference. They're going, God has called them to some, some countries that are very hard, and some that are even quote-unquote closed, uh, but as one missionary would say, there are no closed nations. Praise the Lord. Amen. I like that. But nonetheless, people are hard. People, there are places that are, uh, that are going to be difficult for our missionaries. And so we as a church, we need to pray and be prayer warriors on their behalf and, and beseech God and ask God to do great things. And God wants to do great things, but God wants to unite with us in the great work. Amen. He, as I said many times, He doesn't need us, but He wants to use us. He desires that we are co-laborers with Him. What a privilege, amen. What an honor that God would allow us to be a part of His great work. And so Jesus Christ is that great example, of course. Luke chapter 6, verse number 12, it says, And it came to pass in those days that He went out into a mountain to pray and continued all night in prayer to God. Oh, when's the last time you've prayed all night? When's the last time I've spent all night in prayer? Praying to God, praying for the souls of men and women, praying for my family, praying for our church, oh, praying for our country, praying for our missionaries. Is it urgent to you and I? Do we see the need? 
hey, if we believe in prayer, if we see that and believe that prayer works and God answers prayer, oh, it ought to drive us that much more to praying and praying and asking God to do great things. Some of the men that we read about, we look at their life and we say, my, what great warriors for the Lord Jesus Christ. What men of faith. And we think of George Mueller. We think of another man, Martin Luther, just a man that was greatly used of God. It was said of Martin Luther that he spent the, four, the first four hours of his day in prayer and meditation and, and time in his devotions to God. One preacher heard, heard of that and he says, I got way too much to do to spend four hours a day in prayer. Martin Luther said, I got way too much to do not to spend four hours in prayer. Amen. And you and I, we have way too many enemies in our life, way too many oppositions not to spend time in prayer. And so I trust that we'll learn to pray and be a people of prayer and heed what Jesus Christ is here is telling us. Oh, that men ought always to pray and not to faint, not to give up. Again, going back to the, uh, the illustration of, or the example of Jesus Christ, we see in John chapter 15 the high priestly prayer as he prayed for his disciples, as he prayed not only for his disciples, but all those that would be saved and those that, uh, 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 all those that would serve him. And so Jesus Christ prayed, and even now he ever liveth to make intercession for you and I. And as he prayed for Peter and as he prayed for his people, oh, we have got to learn from the example of Jesus Christ that we are a praying people. Amen. Oh, how it will just draw our hearts into the presence of God and we get to see what God can do in and through our prayers. And so a couple of points that I want to look at uh, today and uh, how we pray for mission when it comes to missions. What do we pray when we think about missions and think of uh, faith promised missions? We talked already about uh, praying to God and asking God to reveal His will for our lives as to what He would have us to give as far as finances or perhaps as going and things of that nature. But how do you pray uh, for for missions and missionaries in general, uh, uh, for world evangelization. Number one, we need to pray for laborers. Amen. As we have all heard, or most some of us have heard statistics that there are more missionaries coming off the field than those that are going to the field. And yet the need is far greater today than it's ever been. We need more missionaries going to the field. We need more laborers going to the field, not less. The world is growing uh, so greatly every single year. We're, now we're, they're saying that we're approximately 7.8 billion people on the face of the earth today. All oh, the need has never, never been greater for missionaries than it is today. And as we uh, again obey the Lord Jesus Christ in Matthew chapter number 9, verse 35 to 38, and says, And Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them, because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. When Jesus saw the multitudes, the host of people, He said, wow, there's so many people there. And He looked around. Where are the laborers? Look what He says. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that He will send forth laborers into His harvest. Pray that God would raise up laborers. Are you praying for God to raise up laborers even in, within your church, even of Grace Baptist Church there in Surrey? Are you praying that God would uh, perhaps raise somebody up and send them to the mission field or do we want to keep everybody at home Lord send somebody else no we ought to pray God is there somebody in our church that you have called and if you've called them God would you cause them to hear the call of God 
Oh, we're so distracted. I still believe God is calling missionaries today. I believe God is actively calling and I believe God has called many missionaries and they're sitting in our pews, they're sitting in our churches, but for some reason, for whatever reason, they've gotten distracted. They've, been, they've become dull of hearing. Oh, we need to pray that God would speak specifically to them and that God would open up their ears and they would yield to the call of God. Oh, the labors are few. Where are the labors? Oh, they're within our churches. They're there, but they're not listening to the call of God. And we need to pray that God would raise up labors. Pray ye therefore, the Lord of the harvest, that He would send forth labors. Now, do we believe that we can pray for labors? Do we believe that when we pray, God will answer that prayer? Well, of course we believe it because Jesus said it, right? I mean, if it did not work, if, if this was a, a, uh, a, an unprofitable prayer, why would Jesus Christ tell us to pray for laborers? So we need to pray believing that God will raise up laborers. Hudson Taylor was a great missionary to China, and he was a missionary because of his parents' prayer. They prayed when Hudson Taylor was just a little guy, just a little child, they prayed that, that Hudson Taylor would be a missionary to China. And that's exactly what had happened. They prayed, can you parents pray for your children that God would call your children and send them out into the world, into whatever country as missionaries? It, I'll admit it, it is a hard prayer to pray, but I would rather have my children serving God in some country far, far away than rather living around me outside the will of God. Uh, we need to have our right perspective and we need to pray for our children. Parents, do we dare pray that God would use our children as missionaries? What a great honor for, uh, for God to allow, or for, uh, that God would use our children. We think of the prayer of Hannah. Oh, she prayed earnestly that God would give her a son. Oh, she wanted to give something to the Lord and she prayed before the Lord and she prayed and she prayed and God gave her a son and she had already prayed that if God would give her a son, she would lend him to the Lord. She would give him to the Lord. And God answered that prayer. Oh, what are you praying for your children? You're praying for your children to be rich and wealthy and famous? What profit is there in that? How does God get honored and glorified? Are you praying that your kids would be educated? There's nothing wrong with your kids being educated. Nothing wrong with these things, but we ought to first of all pray, God, use my children to serve you, to give their life to you. Oh, we need to pray for laborers. And don't be afraid to pray for your, for your children, for your family, that God would call and touch their lives. Amen? How about uh, a prayer praying for yourself? Maybe you've never considered, God, is it me? God, would you want to send me to the mission field? Many Christians probably don't even consider that. Or perhaps... Many have had that thought come to their mind and instantly shut it off. Say, oh, I don't want to go there. That's a fearful thing. But you know what? When we get a hold of God and we see the great need, when God reveals the great need for labors in this world and we recognize and realize what He has done in our lives and for us, hey, we should have no problem saying the same thing that Isaiah said in Isaiah chapter 6, verse 8. It says, Also I heard the voice of the Lord, God calling. I heard the voice of the Lord saying whom shall I send and who will go for us then said I 
Here am I. Send me. Have you gotten the vision of God? Do you know who your God is? Do you know how great your God is? Have you, has He revealed the, uh, the need of this world? Have you, has He given you His compassion for the multitude where it would cause you to say, Lord, here am I. Would you dare pray that prayer? God, would you want me to go? God, would you want me to go? And I know it's not always an easy prayer, but God gives grace. We have to understand that. As I said in the beginning, the things that God has called us to are far too difficult for us. But with the grace of God, it is possible, as Paul said, I can do all things through Christ, amen, which strengtheneth me. And so we need to recognize and realize that our, our strength and our sufficiency is of the Lord. Amen. And pray for laborers. Are you praying for laborers? Are you willing to pray that God would send even your children? We think of that verse in Romans chapter number 10. We think of the multitude. As Jesus saw the multitude and He was moved with compassion. I wonder how His heart is today when He sees the multitudes in this world and the laborers getting fewer and fewer and fewer. As Paul says in Romans chapter 10, verse 14 and 15, it says, How then shall they call on Him, on, uh, on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in Him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear Without a preacher, how is the world going to how's the world going to hear? It says, <coughs> I apologize. That came out of nowhere. No, it's not COVID. <coughs> Excuse me. I apologize. Um, verse number 15. It says, uh, How shall they pray except they be sent as it is written? How beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. Oh, what a great work to be involved in. It's not stepping down. It's not a demotion. It's a promotion. How beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel, the, uh, the, uh, uh, the message of glad tidings. Oh, be involved. Don't be afraid to ask God, Lord, would you send me? Then number two, what do we pray? Pray for the missionaries themselves. Pray for missionaries themselves. And I know we pray for missionaries. We have a prayer schedule or a, uh, uh, perhaps, uh, I'm not sure how you do it there at Grace Baptist Church, but we here, uh, we take a missionary every single week and uh, we read their letter. And then we, as a church, we pray for them. But then also we put the, um, the on, on the announcements and we remind those that receive the announcements, the church folks, uh, to pray for the missionaries throughout the week. That's the missionary of the week and we pray for them. And we, yeah, we pray, but how do you pray specifically for missionaries? Oh, there's so many things that you can pray for. And this is something that as a church we need to be, in, that we need to be uh, uh, involved in in the lives of our missionaries. And uh, look at what Paul says here in 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 1 through 5. It says, finally, brethren, pray for us. He's asking the church, pray for us. And you might look at Paul and say, well, Paul was such a great warrior. He didn't need prayer. 
Oh, could it be that he was the man that he was because of the churches that were praying for him? Could it be that Paul recognized, as he said in Second Corinthians chapter number 12, he says, I am weak. He said, I need help. And he recognizes that and he told the churches, hey churches, I need you to pray for me. I need you to get on your knees and pray that God would do a work in my life and in my heart. Could it be that God, that Paul did these, that God was able to use Paul in such a great way because there were churches specifically praying for Paul in that way? He says, finally, brethren, pray for us that the word of the Lord may have free course and be glorified even as it is with you. Verse number two, and that we may be delivered from unreasonable and wicked men, for all men have not faith. But the Lord is faithful. Amen. Who shall not, uh, for who shall, who shall establish you, excuse me, and keep you from evil? That's what Jesus Christ pay, prayed for his disciples. He said, I don't pray that, you, that God would take him out of the world. I pray that God would keep him from the evil. And that's what Paul is asking. He learned that. He prayed for us. It says, and we have confidence in the Lord touching you that ye both do and will do the things which we commanded. Paul had great confidence. I know that this church is going to pray for me. Do your missionaries know that they can have great confidence in you knowing that you're praying for them? Can they say, ah, there is a church in Surrey, British Columbia, Canada. I know that they are praying for me. I have confidence in their prayers that they're proceeding, they're interceding on our behalf at the throne of grace, at the throne of God, praying for our needs. Amen. I enjoy hearing that Christians are praying for me. And I know that they mean it because otherwise I hope they wouldn't tell me that if they're not praying. Amen. You know, we've probably been guilty of that. We say to someone, hey, let me, I'll pray for you. And then that thought just leaves us and we just don't pray. Oh, may it not be so. May we just uh, take it serious and pray for them. But here Paul, he says, I have confidence in the Lord touching you that ye both do and will do those things which we commanded. And the Lord direct your hearts to the love of God and into the patient waiting for Christ. Amen. Just another encouragement that Paul gives him. Hey, just keep waiting for Christ. Christ is coming soon. I mean, that was some 2,000 years ago. We are 2,000 years closer today than what Paul was. Amen. It's got to be here today. Maybe, maybe it'll be over. Uh, maybe the Lord Jesus Christ will come after the missions conference. We don't know. I'm not, I'm not, trying to, I'm not saying that I'm predicting a date. Nobody knows the time or the hour. I'm just, but it sure would be good to see the Lord Jesus Christ, amen, uh, take us out of this world. But woe unto those that have never believed. And so we have so much to do. But pray for the missionaries. You know, before I was saved, there was a church that was praying for me. Uh, praying, uh, or let me just say, what, what do you pray for your missionaries? Pray for strength. I kind of jumped ahead of myself. In Ephesians chapter 3, verse 16, that he would, uh, this is a prayer, uh, that prayer that Paul prayed for the church at, 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 at Ephesus. And he says that he, talk about God, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. Do you realize that your missionaries need to be encouraged? That your missionaries need strength? See, sometimes when a missionary comes through and they present their work, and, and if we're not careful, they have this idea that, oh, these people are so spiritual, they're such giants of the faith, that uh, my little prayers will do nothing for them. 
Oh, nothing could be further from the truth. Missionaries are people, like I mentioned last time, they're just like you and I. They're just like they're made of the same things that you and I are made out of. And they at times need more prayers than you and I perhaps need. I remember talking to a missionary not, uh, not long ago. They were in an area where there was so much demonic activity, spiritual wickedness in high places. And uh, as I went and visited them and talked to them, they shared some of the battles that they had faced. And they were overcome. And then the area that they're working in, they said, no missionary has ever lasted more than five years in that particular area. And as they moved in and as, as they were ministering there to those people who were involved in sacrificing animals to worshiping to pagans, to pagan gods and devils and demons and witches and all these things that you perhaps read in the book of Acts, this is what that missionary was were involved in and this was foreign to them. And they were attacked and they told me of some things that they had seen that we read about in the book of Acts and I'm like, whoa! I have prayed a lot more earnestly for that couple. I have prayed a whole lot more for that missionary couple. And we don't know all the things that they go through. And as Paul here says, he said, pray for us. Pray that we would be protected from these evil men. And there are men, evil men all around us. And we need to pray, not only for ourselves, but pray for missionaries that God would protect them and give them strength in the battle. They're facing some of these battles uh, many times on their own. They don't have that fellowship that you and I have. They don't have that core group of believers where they can unite together and have that fellowship and be encouraged and be strengthened. We as churches need to pray for our missionaries. Pray for strength. Pray for fruit for the missionaries. Oh, a missionary can get so discouraged at times and they're laboring on the field and they're knocking on doors and they're inviting people to church and they're asking folks to come and they have a desire to see souls saved and then uh, Sunday after Sunday, month after month, year after year. Uh, we worked with a missionary down in Mexico and he said when he first went to his, the city there in the city of Rubio, he said it was for many, many years it was just he and his family, he and his children. And every week they would go out and they would invite people and they would have activity. They would try to get people to come. He said, nobody would come. Nobody would come. He said, they were up to the point where they said, well, I guess God has just not called us here. But now today there's a, a thriving church and the church is doing great. They're greatly involved in missions. But, oh, don't give up. But during those times, it's easy to get weary. It's easy to get sidetracked. Pray that God would give strength and pray that God would give fruit and as a missionary goes out to the field it is his desire some say oh it's not about the numbers no it is about winning souls it is about reaching the uh, people for the Lord Jesus Christ you're not just going there just simply to go to a mission field no you want to go there and as a true missionary sent of God you have naturally been given a desire to win souls amen and pray that God would encourage them that God would open up that opportunity Opportunity that uh, souls would be saved, as Paul says here. He uh, says, finally, brethren, pray for us that the word of the Lord may have free course and be glorified even as it is with you. As you had heard the gospel message and you got saved, hey, pray for us as we go and preach the gospel to other countries and other regions beyond that there would be fruit for from our labors. Oh, pray that God would open up a door for these missionaries, for your missionaries. Praying works. Pray for protection, as I mentioned, from evil men. And then lastly, pray for open doors. Colossians chapter 4, verse 20, 
uh, sorry, Colossians chapter 4, verse 2 and 3. Paul again is writing, he says, Continue in prayer and watch in the same with thanksgiving, with all praying also for us, that God would open unto us a door of utterance to speak the mystery of Christ, for which I am also in bonds. And so Paul, of course, was in prison as he writes this, and he says, pray that God would open up a door. Pray that God would do a great and mighty work. The Bible says that no man cometh to the Father except the Spirit draw him. And as the Holy Spirit works even in this world today, we need to pray specifically that God would open up doors, that God would work in certain areas. And be, be prayer warriors with your missionaries. Be prayer partners. Labor together with missionaries in prayer and watch God do great and mighty things. Oh, we have the story, and I'll close with this, of the church praying there in the book of Acts as Peter was arrested and, uh, 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 for preaching the gospel. And uh, let me just take and turn there quickly to get the uh, stories uh, straight here in Acts chapter number 12. You know the account perhaps uh, uh, well. But in Acts chapter uh, 12 verse 1 it says, Now about that time Herod the king stretched forth his hands to vex certain of the church. Uh, they were under great persecution. And uh, it says, And he killed James the brother of John with a sword. Now this was pretty devastating to the church. One of their church leaders, one of their uh, uh, faithful uh, church members had been killed by Herod. And uh, in verse number 3 it says, And because he saw it please the Jews, he proceeded further to take Peter also. Then were the days of unleavened bread. It says, And when he had apprehended him, he put him in prison and delivered him to four caturians of uh, soldiers to keep him intending after Easter to bring him forth to the people. Now what was going to happen is that Herod was going to kill Peter as well because it pleased the Jews that James was killed. And he said, wow, I'm getting popularity through this. And so he says, well, we got Peter here and we're going to take care of him as well. And it says, Peter therefore was kept in prison. But I like that next part. It says, but prayer was made without ceasing of who? Of the church unto God for him. The church got together and said, we're going to pray. And understand this, as they heard what happened to James, they were praying for Peter. But at the same time, it's almost, as you, if you read the whole story, you get the idea that they didn't really believe that God was going to deliver Peter. Because when God answered their prayer and Peter was delivered, he goes and knocks at the door and Rhoda answers the door and he says, Ah, it's Peter, she's excited. And she went and told the disciples, Hey, it's Peter's at the gate. He's been released. Instead of opening the gate and letting him in, she was excited and ran. And what did the apostles say? No, it can't be him. It's probably his spirit. God didn't answer our prayer. But what, are you, what were you praying for? You know, sometimes God just works in miraculous ways, things that we never would have thought. Just like J, uh, Jeremiah 33, 3 says, show you great and mighty things which we know not. Are we a praying church? Are we praying for our missionaries? And so much more could be said in the area of praying for our missionaries. But we'll end it here today. But let me just challenge all of us. Make missions, make prayer part of your missions. Give yourself to prayer and watch God do great and mighty things. Amen. Be a people of faith and faith will drive us to prayer. Amen. God is good. Let's close in prayer. Father, thank you for the avenue of prayer. Thank you, Lord, that you answer, 
answer prayer. And as we've seen many examples of answer to prayers in, in your word, Lord, we believe that you answer prayers today. Father, would you cause us, would you help us and teach us to pray? Just like the example, the parable you gave of the importunate woman as she prayed and she prayed and she prayed. Help us, your people, not to get weary in praying and watch you do great and mighty things that you might be honored and glorified in your church and through us. We thank you and praise you for all that you are doing and all that you will do. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Have a great evening.